Thinking a wedding planner isn't in your budget? Uh, think again. Did you know that beyond this podcast, I offer virtual wedding planning coaching? This is something perfect for your needs and your budget. It's not a stale digital course. It's dynamic, it's live, and it's all about empowering you. Together, we'll keep your wedding planning vibe light, fun, and totally dialed in. I'll be your go-to wedding planner right in your pocket, real-time access, just a phone tap or Zoom away. You'll get all my tools. I will personalize them for you, and you're not going to have the hefty price tag of a traditional wedding planner. So save your cash, ditch the stress, and make your wedding planning a journey to remember for more info you can slide into my dms on instagram you can go to the big wedding planning podcast.com or just shoot me an email i'm here for you let's make your wedding epic lovey lovey show another day is here and you're ready for it what to wear check breakfast lunch and dinner check planning for what's next and how to save for it that's where bank of america can help For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. The Big Wedding Planning Podcast. Just a wedding planner, tearing it up. Listen, learn, plan that wedding. Hello, hello, and welcome to the big wedding planning podcast. <laughs> I just messed myself up. I'm not used to to learn something valuable and be entertained at the same time. My name is Michelle Martinez. And I'm Sean Gray. Hey, hey, Sean Gray. How are you? Um, I'm pretty good. You know, I'm good. It's it's uh, gray and rainy today here in Cali. Um, It's not always sunny in California, especially in Northern California, but we need it. We need it. I'm loving it. The air is clean. It feels nice. Good. We are also rainy and dreary and gray, and I hate it, and I don't care if we need it or not. (laughs) I don't like it. (laughs) Yeah, tis winter. And this is our first Yawa of January, and I'm so happy that you're joining me. Oh, I get to be the first one of the year. Let's go. You're number one. <laughs> I uh, I was, you know, I'm always on TikTok, not always posting as much as I should be, but I am, damn it, I'm doing it. And of course, you're posting. I mean, how many days, how many times a day do you post? Do you make it, do you make it a point to post like so many times a week? Like what's your, what's your theory on this? No, I feel like when you're growing your account, like you want to you want to get a community together, you want to be known for something, you really should try to post like 3 to 4 times a day. And that's oh, what right. I did at the beginning. Um but as long as you are consistent and can let the algorithm know, hey, I can do once a day. I will for sure post videos 4 times a week. That at least starts to train 
the algorithm and your community about your cadence and increase your chances of gaining that community, having people see your videos. Um, it's when you post like firebusters for three days and then nobody hears from you for three months, that makes it a little harder. So whenever I'm talking about short form video to wedding professionals, I'm always like, it, you don't have to do it five times a day, but if you get into a rhythm, make sure you stick to it so that you can um, be consistent with how many times you're posting. Yeah. I think that should be your next talk. Like why I can't stay consistent with my freaking TikTok. Why? Why do I hate it? I don't hate it. I like it. When I post, I like it. But knowing that I have to post makes me hate it. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, it it feels like a chore instead of something that's fun. Yeah. Do you overthink it? Like Probably. Your background has to be right. You have to make sure that you have a decent no, outfit on. No, no, like I, so yeah, I know that's not like, that's the difference, right? Between like Instagram and TikTok. I feel like on Instagram, people are more put together on TikTok. They're like, I don't give a fuck. Like, I'm just going to post. <laughs> You know, right. and I think there's a lovely thing about that. I just am like, <sighs> then I'm like, what am I po like? What, what, what do I need to say? What am I posting? You have a wealth of information and knowledge I know. need to hear. But you know what? I talk about so much on this damn podcast that like, I'm like, what else am I going to freaking say to these people? But you know what? That's why I'm going to start just posting stuff from the podcast you know yeah, I guess let, yeah let people know who you've got coming up on the show what you'll be discussing like it doesn't always have to be just clips it can be you talking about why you're excited about this episode in particular maybe like some something you learned in previous episodes that didn't make the cut for whatever reason and just kind of extend the life of each episode yeah now, I talk about it, but I'm the same way with Instagram. It, it takes an act of Congress to get me to post on Instagram. I can't really? stand it. See, yeah. I feel like it's so much easier, but I don't know. I love watching TikTok, though. Thank you. Yeah. I All right. Well, I uh, we have a lot of questions from this. Yeah, but so, okay, so... Listen, listen, my darling listener listening right now. Hi, how are you? Uh, I'm doing something a little different on this, Yawa. I told Sean, I'm like, I'm kind of excited because I um, am not on Reddit as much as other people are. And I know you listening are probably reading Reddit a little bit here and there. Um, but I love hearing when people react to stuff on Reddit. And the other day I was on it, I just like typed in wedding and I was like, holy shit. I was like reading some of this stuff going, oh, OMG. Now I hear a lot of, you know, from my, from my listeners, I, I hear a lot of you talking about things like this as the merrier, right? As the person planning the wedding. But I'm also seeing a lot on Reddit from people involved in the wedding, part of the wedding party you know, family members, whatever it is. And so it's interesting to read from their perspective because I hear a lot from the couple about those people, about, you know, how they're such assholes sometimes, or I cannot believe she did this on my bachelorette party or, you know. Um, so it's interesting. I'm like, I was like, I went down a rabbit hole with Reddit the other day. I was like, holy crap, I was really entertained. 
it gets addicting. Are, do you read Reddit? I do. I um, especially because, like you, we're conditioned to only have the POV of the client or the couple, and so when you can like get a new vantage point from like what you said, a parent, a member of the wedding party, it just it almost makes it more salacious, but also it kind of reshapes how you might think about something because you're seeing how it affects other people involved with the wedding. Yes. Yes. Okay, Sean Gray, we have a lot to go over. Uh, Why don't you do a brief little description of who you are and why I've chosen you to be on this episode with me? Well, I'm not 100% sure why you choose (laughs) me on your podcast, but uh, my name is Sean Gray. I am a wedding and event planner based in Houston, Texas with over a decade of experience. I've been doing it since 2011. I own Sean Gray Events LLC, which is a wedding and event planning firm, and we help busy couples produce exceptional celebrations. Um, we do full planning, day of coordination, community events. Um, if it if it's a cause for celebration, I'm probably the person that needs to plan it for you. Fabulous. And you're you're in Texas and Dallas. Houston. Sorry, you're in Houston. But do you travel too? You 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 were in California last year for a wedding, right? I was. I did um, Julian Jason's wedding at Beltane Ranch in um, the Sonoma area. How did you like it? Oh, I loved it. It was so peaceful. Ugh. And just the drive was so scenic, completely different than uh, Texas road trips for sure. I loved it. I had a blast. Next time, next time you have a wedding in Cali, hit me up. I'll assist you. Oh, that would be fun. fun. That would be so fun. Yeah, that would be. All right, Sean, let's get going. Let's go, Yawa. Yawa. Question number one. We are having an intimate wedding in Sedona and a reception back home in California with about 120 guests. Now the dilemma. My mom is separating from my stepdad after 20 years of marriage He has quite a big family, and we are trying to figure out if we invite the family to the reception back in California. I would say about half of the family I feel relatively close to and would feel good about inviting. The other half, not so much. If my stepdad was still around, I would feel obligated to invite the others. But now I don't know. These aren't people I'm super close to, but at one time they were my family and I care about them. Any suggestions? Family dynamics. How how real can we get with these answers? Oh, we get real. You know this. Do you want them there or not? Like, like you're going, you're the whole question was flip-flop, and here's the reasons I don't have to invite them. Here's the reasons why I kind of want to invite them. So Let me take a step back and say, for me, I don't think it has to be the whole family or none, especially in this unique situation where a lot of families are defined through marriage if it's an active marriage. And if your mom is separating from the stepdad, then a lot of times they kind of drift off the road and you're they're no longer an active part of your family now if you're close to them and you want them there absolutely invite them but don't feel obligated to invite one two or all invite the ones that you want to celebrate your big day with that's a really great easy black and white answer 
Um, and it can be black and white. And I think that this is, this is a common problem when it comes to curating your guest list because they're, and when it comes to family and inviting family, you feel obligated to invite certain family members, even though you think they're kind of assholes, even though you would never invite these people to your home for dinner, even though you never see them outside of the once in a while happen to be together family event. It's like you don't really care about these people, right? You are related to them. I can see that this throws an extra wrench into it because it's your stepfather and now they're divorcing. Uh, I have step parents too. In fact, this one, I was just reading this going, oh shit. Like my, my stepfather just passed away actually. And, but him and my mom were divorced. Um, and I saw a, a lot of his family at the service, which I had not seen in years. And it was lovely to see them. But now, like, if I were to get married again, would I invite them? I don't know. I, I really don't know that I would invite them. You know, I could say that I care about my barista. Uh, I wouldn't <laughs> invite them to my wedding. And I feel like that's where the the question poster was coming from. Because I can imagine maybe like some aunts or cousins on her stepdad's side. And she's like, I care about them. She hasn't really, I, I think I think she needs to definitively, I, I assume, I, I apologize. The poster needs to definitively say, do I want these people to celebrate the biggest day of my life with me or not? And then leave it at that and be strong in your decision. And you may hurt some feelings, but you can't let that detract from this is your celebration to celebrate what you're doing with your partner. And that's all that matters. And you shouldn't feel pressure from anybody to do the right thing or what's supposed to happen. It only matters what you want to do and what you feel comfortable with. Yeah. And, and also remember that this other half of the family that you're like, don't really want to invite, you know, they're probably not expecting you to invite them either. They're probably like, oh, you know, they're getting divorced. We knew that was coming or whatever it was, you know, like, I don't think like, I don't think they're probably thinking about it as much as you are. And if they are, it's more of like a chisme kind of way, like the gossip, like, oh, I wonder if we're going to get invited to Sean's wedding, you know, now that Diane and Sam have divorced. That's a good point. Um. Yeah. Don't invite him. Also, I don't even know if her stepdad is going. Yeah. And and even that was for What did she say? Now that dad's out, now that my stepdad's out of the picture. Out of the like picture. Yeah. Yeah. So wow. are they going to the ceremony? Is is it a travel issue too on top of it? Because I, I know for a fact they're not traveling for a removed Yes. family members she says intimate wedding in sedona i'm i'm sure that means a ceremony uh and maybe like a small dinner afterward or something so yeah definitely don't don't invite them you're not even you're not into it don't it's not necessary look at us reading between the lines <laughs> i should double space these so we can read between the lines <laughs> 
All right. Uh, why don't you read question number two, please? All right. I'm wondering if you have any recommendations of something we can do instead of the unity candle during the ceremony. I'm not really into that and would love to do something different. I get this question a lot, Sean. Yeah. Do you do you get people going, what else can we do during the ceremony? Like, we don't want to do a unity candle. The, the quicker couples realize that all they have to do is what they want and nothing else, it will free them up so much. Like, uh, nobody walks out of a wedding ceremony and goes, oh my gosh, they didn't have a unity candle. Are they even married? Um, <laughs> why wasn't there a unity candle? <laughs> Hello? Get the card out of the box. We're going home. <laughs> Okay. Yeah. Unity candle. Wow. I know for a while, like everybody did the unity candle mm -hmm. thing. Like every, like I had people in outdoor ceremonies trying to light a goddamn candle. And I'm like, there is a thing called breeze. <laughs> yeah. You don't need to. I, there's so many things I've seen. Uh, I've seen, you know, the sand. Have you seen the sand where they like pour the sand and then they cut different colors and then it like mixes. Cute. Sure. Yeah. If you're a lush, you can do a wine ceremony. Yeah. I've seen that. One of you has white, one of you has red. You pour it in the communal glass, take a drink, and boom. And I've also seen shots, like group shots, yes. like legit group shots, whiskey, tequila. Like they pass them around to everybody, which is kind of cute. I think it's fun. I think that if that's your vibe. Um, so there's two things that I came across I can't remember where I saw this. I think it might have been on a post on Instagram or something, but I liked it. And uh, one of them was the foot washing. And I know that sounds kind of like weird, but it signifies how you should take care of each other in sickness and in health. Um, I, and I, I, I actually Googled it cause I want to, I'm like, where is this coming from? It's, it's, um, both of these actually come from black culture, African-American culture. Uh, use the same love and care when taking care of your partner if they can't take care of themselves. That's the idea here. And I feel like that means so much to me as I've been married for so long. Like when you're younger and you get married, you never really think about the fact that your partner could have a very serious accident or illness and that you're going to have to take care of them. And when we say those words in sickness and in health, if you choose to have that wording in your ceremony script, it's for a reason. Um, and usually it happens to couple as they get couples as they get a lot older. Um, I think this one called out to me because when I was young, when Jose Luis and I were young, he he had a very bad accident. He was shot and he almost died. Oh yeah. It was like major. And we were... 24 years old and we were out of the country and it was a whole big ordeal. Like he literally almost died. He was on life support. He was out like machines were making him breathe. He had sepsis. Like it was crazy. And I luckily when he came to and you know, he, he, he was okay. He had to have um, a colostomy for a few months and I had to take care of him. And I was just like, like one day I thought to myself, I cannot believe I'm doing this. Like this is, this is a major big deal, but I did it without even like thinking about it. Right. And I had never, we didn't have kids. Like I had never done anything like that before in my life. 
So all that to say, like this foot washing ceremony is is quite meaningful and has a major significance in in the tradition that if your partner cannot take care of themselves, you would do that and you would do it with care and love. And so I kind of love that. That's incredible. There are some religious roots in that. I always believe that if you are going to do anything in your wedding, you should know what the roots are because you may not really care for where it comes from, right? Like we've done that, like the wedding cake, the white dress, all that shit has some deep roots that you probably all don't even, you maybe you want to ignore. Um, but yeah, that's a big one. And I think it's beautiful. That is a good one, especially when you frame it like that, because of course I'm immediately like, oh, feet, but it makes complete sense. I've seen it also, if you don't want to like undo the shoes and stuff, I have seen couples do hand washing too. That's supposed yes. to kind of signify the same meaning, but I think, I think doing the feet would be an, an amazing thing to have your guests experience, like very intimate. Everybody's out for an intimate, intentional um, celebration and moments throughout the day. And I think that would be really impactful. I think the hand washing is probably a good compromise. Mm-hmm. It's just that the feet, like that's really a vulnerable spot mm-hmm. on, an, uh, on a person, you know? Do you have any that you've seen that are unique? Um, I like the, have you seen the art or the painting where like the mom has a brush and like dips it into a color and hands it to the child and then the other side does the same thing and hands it to their child and then they stroke a canvas together blending the two colors on a on a canvas or on a medium and it's supposed to signify again the whole two families coming together part of the unity ceremony no I haven't I like that yeah. Yeah. does it come out good do they frame it they, they frame it, it, but it's not, it's, it's an abstract piece of art. <laughs> kind of looks like a toddler did it. Yeah. No, <laughs> maybe it looks like a Mark Rothko painting. You never that's know. Gonna, that's a little risky too, with your wedding attire on. Yeah. So you want maybe do like watercolors or something. Yeah. Or the Crayola washable that I used to buy. There you go. Kids. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Um, there was another one that I wanted to mention, the four elements. And this is interesting, too. So you taste some. I, I, I actually had a couple do this at, at a wedding, but and then I, I had forgotten that they did this until I read it. And I was like, oh, my God, I remember this. So you there's something hot. There's something sour. There's something bitter and something sweet. And it signifies speech and how you should communicate with each other which is a huge part of being in a partnership, right? Um, So you remember how each thing tasted when you consumed it. The hot burnt your mouth. The bitterness was unpleasant. Um, You try your hardest to speak with the sweet in your mouth. The sweetness calms the hot and neutralizes the bitter. Um, And so you, you could use cayenne for spiciness, lemon or lime for sourness, vinegar for bitterness, and honey for sweetness. And I also think that is kind of cool. I like that one. Yeah. I, you know, and maybe I thought to myself, the next time I'm kind of pissy at Jose Luis, I'm just going to put a little honey in my mouth before I speak to him. There you go. All right. Question number three. Our wedding will have two tenths. And a small indoor pavilion. 
Dinner is outside under one of the tents, which is a tiny bit of a walk from the pavilion where the buffet will be set up. Because of this, we were thinking of doing a preset salad so guests wouldn't have to carry both plates from the buffet. Or would it be a better guest experience to ask the caterer to serve the salads when guests are seated, but keep dinner buffet style? What do you think? My general rule of thumb is I'm not a fan of preset salads. I think it instantly looks like food has been sat unattended for long amounts of time. Uh, However, if you do go that route, I would strongly advise against not dressing the salad. So have um, boats on the table of the different dressings that you're offering and just have the salad on a plate and then guests can dress it when they get to the when they get to the table or see if your caterer has a, cause the, the only asterisk I have here in my market is there's a caterer that does this really cool deconstructed salad where it's like the lettuce wedges are wrapped with the cucumber and then the components of the salad are around the plate. So it doesn't look like a mountain of heaping lettuce has been sitting there for hours. Um, you can go that route. I, it would get really clunky and cause an unnecessary budget spend, in my opinion, to have the caterer uh, present the salads as guests are coming back and forth from getting their plate at the buffet. And also too many plates on the table at once that aren't being eaten. I think I think you can also, on a buffet dinner, you can also throw the salad out the window completely and not offer a salad if you wanted to go that route. That's also an option. I agree. I agree. And I, I, this was um, a subscriber and we, she submitted this question on the Google form when we were doing our happy hour and luckily she was able to show up live. And I, you know, we chatted about it in real time. And, and I think what you just brought up is a huge thing for you listening. When you do a buffet, uh, it's oftentimes either your preference just because you like buffets or because it's a bit of a, a money saver. Um, and and like Sean mentioned, when you do a buffet, you have less service staff. Jamie Wilfer said this on my show. Nobody wants cold chicken or hot salad at a wedding, period. And so preset salad is kind of like, it's just not great, especially because of the timing of things. You don't know if there's going to be a delay in the schedule of which there always is. And it's just not a great idea. I would do one of two things. Just have the salad at the buffet. Let them put a little salad on their plate, you know, with the protein and the veggies and call it a day. Or can we turn this into a family style meal, which is going to change things up quite a bit and could fuss with the budget a little bit. But if you really needed to have that salad, if it's like your caterer, like, I love the salad. They always do it. It's my favorite. I got to have the salad then, you know, switch it up a little bit. Also, we were talking about how when you do have a buffet, you know, what's on the dining tables as guests arrive? Because that's always something people don't think about. And then sometimes the dining tables look super empty and undressed. Would you agree with this? A hundred percent. So what do you recommend to your clients to have on the dining tables if we're doing a buffet route? 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I still don't do like rolled silverware. I still present the silverware on the table. And um, there's nothing against doing charger plates for buffet service either. But if you if you didn't want to do a charger plate, I would suggest doing a interesting napkin fold in between the the silverware presentation just so that it's visually interesting and like you said fills up the space um if you're if you're presetting salads or if you're if you're serving salads definitely the uh the dressing boats um if you're doing bread service have the the butter tabs or butter on the table as well and then ice water goblets and if you're having a more formal celebration your wine glasses yeah or champagne flutes or both Mm -hmm. yeah absolutely i have uh someone i'm working with right now for through my virtual planning and she has these um like she wants a whole experiential kind of thing for her guests so she has like this uh crossword puzzle thing that are like interesting facts about her and her partner. And they're going to put that, they're going to do a napkin fold and they're going to put that at each place setting, you know, with pens or pencils or whatever. And so, that's a really great idea um, for buffet because it gives your guests something to do while they're waiting for their table to be released. Yes. yes, I know. So good. I mean, people usually will chit chat, but then if they don't know each other, this is just another great way for people to talk to one another. Cause it'd be like, okay, what'd you get for six down? You know, or like, and mm-hmm. they'll, and they'll help each other out. So it's kind of like, that's kind of a fun thing to do. Which is something this question, um, this Next poster one. needs to consider. No, the one we're on because they've already admitted to it's a bit of a trek from the buffet to the guest tables, which is only going to increase the time guests have to wait. Yes. Yes, absolutely. Okay. Well, we just gave a lot of bonus info for this listener. So there you go. All right. Read the next one. This is kind of same idea, not same idea, but go for it. This is on micro event ideas. And the question is, we are not doing the traditional dances or cake cutting without, um, without these micro events. How do I make sure people don't get bored? We have some lawn games. Any other thoughts? This is another huge question. I get all the time and I always struggle with it. Um, Do you have any thoughts off the top of your head? I did a TikTok video about this last year, and it came from uh, Julia and Jason's wedding, the wedding in Sonoma. And they had a they had a micro wedding at Beltane. They also were not dancers. They also didn't do a cake cutting. But what they did do for the cake, which I loved, is there was 26 guests, and the couple stood up there together at the dessert table and served the guests their cake, oh. which I thought really intimate um, thing to share, but also 
just adding more FaceTime availability with your guests, even in small uh, situations. I would not recommend that for any wedding outside of a micro wedding, but it fit for this particular wedding. And another thing they did, which was really cool for an activity, is they hosted a trivia game that was all questions about them individually and their relationship. So it was almost like flipping the shoe game. Oftentimes the shoe game gets very boring for guests, but if you allow it to be interactive and ask them how well they know the couple, it teaches the guests something about you and your love story that they don't know. And it also lets your best friends and family kind of show off that they know you so well. And it gets everybody talking and laughing and a little competitive. Uh, that was a great idea. And my last thing would be, depending on the venue, how interesting it is, uh, Polaroid scavenger hunts. So have a sheet of paper that has like 10 things around the venue or like it could be tied to you, like find the picture of our first date or something. And then they run around and try to collect Polaroid pictures of those items. That's cute. That's fun. I love that. Um, I always throw in that everybody loves an awesome performance if you know somebody who's in theater, who sings, um, I've had a, over the years, mariachi bands come in, drag queens, uh, people love to be entertained. And I just think that's a great way to, to, to add in another micro event, break things up. Um, also, I also love the idea of having, um, like a, like a slideshow, right. But not a boring, like here's our vacation, but like a slideshow of like when you were children and make sure you include a picture of everybody that's at your wedding. Some at some point in time with you, um, it, it could also be your love story, how you met, uh, you know, go into detail where you're narrating, narrating over the top. I think that is a really, really great way to include your guests, tell a story and, and divulge some information that a lot of your guests probably didn't even know. I didn't know you guys, you know, went to the Golden Gate Bridge for your first date and like just walked across or, you know, um, I didn't know you guys used to work at Amber Crombie and Fitch when you were 16 and you didn't even know it and then met, you know, 10 years later. Like that's also kind of fun stuff to, to divulge. So uh, I think those are two other kind of great ideas. If you can hire some sort of, or, you know, hire somebody like we've had the butt sketch guy, you know, the butt sketch guy, he's in, he, he's in Dallas. Do you know him? No. He's a Texas. Oh my, you got to meet him. He does. He literally will sketch <laughs> your guests rear ends at the wedding. And he makes people look amazing and people love posing for it. Like it's so unique. It's so fun. And they get to walk away with something. I'm going to have to look at that. Look up the butt sketch. You'll find him. Um, or, you know, uh, a lot of people now will have like these kind of crafty type things. Like you've got like Amelia's flower truck in Nashville. We we interviewed her years ago when we were in Nashville, but she brings a little flower cart and people put together bouquets and they get to take those home as their favors. So anything like that, you know, a lot of this is going to cost money. It is. 
But you're saving on the dance floor and the four-hour DJ and the party lights. So you're not saving money. You're just shifting it into a different aspect of guest experience. 100%. Love it. All right. We've got one more question before we break into the Reddits. Uh, You read this one. Okay. Breaking the ice. Any fun, not too cheesy ways to introduce different friend groups to each other before my bachelorette? Ideally virtual since attendees live all over the country. It'll be a destination bachelorette, so everyone will be meeting and possibly rooming with some new people when they arrive. This is a lot of work. I love it. I already have an idea. What is it? Depending on where your bachelorette is, like if you're going to an all-inclusive or whatever, I would see what, like if they do as like a signature drink um, presentation when you arrive, you know how like they give you champagne or maybe make you a little margarita when you walk in, have a virtual packing party with your everybody going on the trip y'all can show outfits of what you're packing people can give recommendations on what to think about as you sip this drink that you're all going to share together when you get to the bachelorette anyway so it's a great way of like you said or like the poster said people who are rooming with each other that might not know each other now we all know what all our fits are gonna be now we know what we're doing for our night out we can coordinate outfits oh i didn't even think to bring a higher spf moisturizer thanks for the tip and it just becomes like this shared experience before you set out to meet in person that is freaking brilliant especially For girls. Yep. What are you wearing? What is she wearing? Oh my God. What's her vibe? What do you that is so brilliant? And you can even, even if you don't have like the signature drink, you you as the marrier can send a bottle of champagne yeah. to everybody, or like your yeah. girl's favorite drink, or like a pack of like uh a six-pack of freaking trulies or whatever it is. Send each person their little cockies. And then you all get on Zoom at the same time. I love the packing party or just showing like your fits, like what you're thinking of wearing. (laughs) That's super cute. I love it. That's a great idea, Sean. I want to do that. Okay. Um, I love these, like, I love doing fun, unique events like this. COVID taught us how to like be more connected virtually. And I don't think we would have had half of these kinds of ideas if we weren't all forced on Zoom for two years. Yeah. You know, actually, there was a game. I remember this distinctly. Oh my God. What was the name of the company? Uh, a, a, an online gaming company that figured out a way that you can get together with like families and friends. We did it during COVID. We did it with our friends who had kids. We would all get online and we would play these games together. There was like a hangman. There was like a trivia one. There was, oh, it was like Jack in the Box. What was the name of the company? Anyway, look it up. There's like, there's a way to play games together virtually all on one screen. Like you all log in and do it together and can talk and see each other. Hmm. That's fun. It too. sounds vaguely familiar, but I can't yeah. remember what it is. But I remember doing something like that during COVID. Yeah, I love that. Um, 
the other thing I was thinking actually not doing virtually, but I did have, I, 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 I was working with another bride virtually, uh, coincidentally who put together like a huge, like PDF on all of her wedding party. Um, Cause some of them knew each other and some of them didn't. And it had their picture and like where they're from and like their stats, like information, interesting information or, or, you know, Sean and I met through blah, 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 blah. And we had the best time when we went to San Antonio for this in- event or whatever it is so that they can read up on each other and then have that information to talk about when they meet. Oh my God, I wanted to meet you because I also did that you did and I read about oh, that it. Yeah. That would be fun. Yeah. That's really that's interesting. That would be fun. Yeah, that'd be fun. Like little one sheeters on everybody. Like little one sheeters or two, you know, and with cute pictures of you yeah, and yeah. and your friend, you know. Uh I love it. And I think it's also very thoughtful of you, uh, dear listener, for thinking about doing this. Because a lot of people, as we're going to hear on our Reddit threads here, throw people into bachelor bachelorette parties for very, very um, selfish reasons. Okay. Let's get into it. Oh, boy. Okay. So this is a Reddit thread uh, that just came out today, I believe. The title is... Bride made a profit on bachelorette trip, sister-in-law drama. Okay. About six months ago, the bride planned her her destination bachelorette trip and charged each of the 11 girls $650 for the Airbnb. I was salty about the high cost, but it's my sister-in-law, so I sucked it up and paid her. I also was suspicious about the high AF price, so I did cross-check the Airbnb listing and checked it out, and yes, it was accurate. It was $2,300 a night for a beachfront house. Well, today I'm chatting about wedding stuff with my brother, who is the one marrying this woman, and he said something along the lines of, What a relief her dad paid for the Airbnb because that would have been so expensive for you all. I about choked. I said, hey, are you sure about that? Because all 11 girls paid $650 for the house alone. Maybe run it by her? His face turned purple, so I take it he had no idea. To add to the greed going on here, when I got married, I flew her out paid for her accommodations, paid for her hair and makeup, paid for her bridesmaid dress, and paid transportation because she was going through a hard time. Now she has the balls to steal from me. I get that weddings are expensive, but don't have one if it requires stealing from your bridesmaids. I'm assuming I'm the only bridesmaid who is aware of what's going on here. Not sure if I should spill to the group or just let it go there is a chance her dad stepped in and paid for it after the fact and she just chose not to refund us i'm not clear on the exact situation and wanted to avoid embarrassing my brother china there is no way in hell i would stand next to that woman on her wedding day no way in hell you don't you don't need friends like that. You don't need 
people like that in your life. I can't believe she would have the audacity to charge her wedding party for that on top of, as she explained, everything else that they have to do to get to the destination. When you had it funded the whole time, your wedding is not a GoFundMe cash grab. Stay within your means or don't have one. Yeah, they're expensive. Okay. Well, I also feel like, and it's it's not, girl, these bachelorette parties, these bachelorette trips are getting more and more over the top as the years go on. And I couldn't afford that shit when I was getting married. Like I was in my twenties. I didn't have that money. And I just don't like, if you can afford it, cool. But this is, this is back to a huge argument that has been around since the turn of who knows when bridesmaids and groomsmen, but probably more so bridesmaids having to pay so much money to participate in a wedding, right? Because there's all the parties and there's all the gifts and there's buying the dresses and like, it's expensive. But this, this is like, what do you call it when you, this is like embezzlement. This is like, this is legit like robbing somebody if she does not give this money back. And would you tell the rest of the girls, Sean, would you? I think I would. I would. <laughs> I think I, I think I would just not. I would because go ahead. unless there's some like let me let me this put a disclaimer unless there's been a gross miscommunication and like dad decided he wasn't footing the bill or whatever because this is like secondhand information like somebody told me that dad was paying for it you know what I mean but I don't know this is crazy maybe she maybe the maybe the bride is lying to her fiance for some reason could be could be i i don't i i jump to she's taken 650 from her wedding party when the airbnb has already been paid for but it there could be some there could be something else there so maybe for that reason i wouldn't like tell everybody, I definitely would confront her about it. Oh, I'd be on my fucking phone, texted her that second, be like, uh, bitch, did you take $650 for me and your dad paid? Like, are you serious right now? I mean, maybe her, she's like, okay, cool. This will just pay for like our, you know, dinners and going out and everything. But they were going to pay for that on top of all this. Like there's, I don't know. Something's wrong. She is lying about, she's lying to somebody. She's definitely lying to somebody. And if she thinks she's going to take this money and put it toward her wedding dressers, there's like her gift or I don't know. Like, this is nuts. There and and weddings being expensive and tr- like planning an ex- uh, an extravagant bachelorette party and then funding it, funding the contribution from your wedding party to pay for the wedding is just so disingenuous and gross that like, if if the wedding is so expensive, then do a, do a dinner in your town and be done with it for your bachelorette. Like you, you're not, you're, you're not, you don't have to go on these four and five night beach vacations. No, you don't. You really don't. 
I just, this is, this is beyond. I don't know personally that I would go telling everybody right away, the other girls, but I would for sure call her. Don't text her, call her and get her ass on the phone. So she doesn't have time to think about it and say, um, okay, talk to me because I know that your dad paid for that Airbnb. So what's mm-hmm. going on with the cash? What are you doing mm-hmm. with that money? And if any answer isn't refunding it to you right now, I would tell everybody. Yeah. If the answer is not, not, oh, my dad just told me last night he's paying. I'm literally getting ready to like Venmo everybody back their money. Then also, yeah. Uh, and guess what? Give me my money and I'm not going because you're messed up. Yeah, that's cray cray. I hope we get an update. I know. I got to keep reading this thread. Okay, here's another one. (laughs) This is another. Okay, read it. Okay. Dropped out of Bridezilla's bridal party and never spoke to her again. Here's the post. So a few years ago, I became good friends with a girl. Let's call her Amy, 29 years old. I met Amy through my childhood best friend. I'll call her Samantha, also 29. Eventually, Amy got engaged. And at the time, I was unemployed. She knew this, but told me she wanted to ask me to be her maid of honor. I told her I definitely would. It would be a lot, but I would make it work based on what I mentioned I was going through. A few days later, she let me know she was actually going to ask another friend of hers to be maid of honor instead. Since I didn't answer happy or enthusiastic enough, her words about being asked, it felt weird, but I let it go. That was the first of many red flags. She wanted to have the bridal party there for her dress try-on at a shop two hours away. Samantha and I drove up together, and the rest of the party drove together in a separate car. During the entire process, Amy was miserable, hated every dress, complained, etc. The party was very supportive, but she wasn't having it. So the new maid of honor asked, do you want some of us to leave? Which... Me and Samantha were the only ones who didn't drive up with the group. Amy said yes, that too many people were there. So me and Samantha agreed to leave. We were meant to go to lunch after, but Amy said she didn't want to go anymore. We later found out they did actually go without us. Drove two hours for nothing. A day after the ordeal, she got angry with the maid of honor because in the bridal party group chat, she teased Amy about the dress try-on going awry by sending a zoomed-in photo of Amy's face with a grumpy frown. Amy decided to demote her as maid of honor because she was so offended by it. She asked another member of the party to step up, her sister. Well, a few weeks later, her sister got so overwhelmed that she let Amy know she could no longer do it. (laughs) Amy comes crawling back to me saying how embarrassed she is that she doesn't have a maid of honor. And I foolishly agreed to be it again. Amy decides she wants her bachelorette party to be a long weekend away in an expensive Airbnb in another state and demands we all pay her way, including all the activities, outings, restaurants she wanted to do over the span of three days. I was so stressed about affording it that I scraped money together. The trip was horrible and was a lot of Amy bossing us around or complaining about what we were doing wrong. Me and Samantha finally had enough and decided to speak with her about how we felt after the trip ended. 
She handled the discussion badly, and it turned into a full-blown fight, but we were able to settle down and apologize to one another. But later that night, I received a phone call from Amy's mother, who I've met maybe twice. This woman is twice my age, and she starts going off about how me and Samantha are horrible people for ruining Amy's trip, and that if it happens again, we are not welcome at the wedding. I text Amy and asked her what the hell is up with her mom calling me. I was really perturbed and uncomfortable by the interaction. No surprise, but Amy signs with her mother telling me she's right for saying all that. Well, I couldn't take it anymore. I told her that I had to drop out of the wedding and honestly the friendship too. How could I even continue showing up when her mother and her clearly feel this contempt for me? She tried to send me a nasty message the morning after, but I ignored it. I haven't spoken to her since. It's been over a year and the wedding happened without me and Samantha. No regrets, to be honest. Samantha occasionally would check a Google Doc we were still privy to that Amy had created with info about the wedding, and we found that she changed Maid of Honors two more times after that. Yikes. Um, I want to know if Amy is still married. Oh my God, this girl's miserable. When people show you who they are, believe them. Damn. Like, she was burning through Maids of Honor. I would have never re-accepted. If I'm not good enough to go to lunch with you after I drove two hours, also, read a freaking wedding blog. Because under no circumstances do you need everybody who you've ever laughed and giggled with at your wedding dress appointment. You want to go to the final fitting? Fine. But you don't need all of those opinions there when you're trying on gowns. Exactly. I was going to say, on the contrary, not less cooks in the kitchen, less people. (laughs) But she even like, just the fact that backing up that this person was not so excited, not as she didn't give her the reaction she wanted when Amy asked her to be her maid of honor. So she demoted her. Yeah, you're not giving me what I need in terms of your reaction. So we're just going to. I'm going to ask somebody else who will, who will get more excited for me. This is a narcissist right here. This is a person who is constantly, I bet you anything, every day of her life, something is ailing her, irritating her, or somebody is against her. And every story you ter- tell her, she will turn into a story about herself. Guaranteed. It, it, she just sounds miserable. Terrible. Just awful. And I and I really, really hope she treats her partner uh in just a fraction better than she's treating these friends. And it sounds like she's surrounded by a bunch of enablers, like her mother. She's get a grip. She, it sounds like the apple don't fall too far from the tree because her mother, her mother called to to yell at these girls. <laughs> I mean, and what she was 29. I mean, (laughs) listen, I, I actually, over the decades I've been planning weddings have seen some of my clients, primarily females turn into this person while they're planning their weddings. I, I really have. I've I've heard I've listened to them complain about these 
this this wedding party, you know, the girls that they've chosen, I've listened them to them cry and and you know when they're wrong because when you hear them, you're thinking like, do you realize how selfish you're being right now? Do you realize you just said that sentence? Like, is this who you normally are? I kind of I feel like a lot of people when they get engaged or and are in wedding planning mode, some people turn into someone different. Mm-hmm. I've experienced similar situations. Also, I but on the same token, I've experienced wedding party members treat yes. the couple horribly too because of so jealousy. I, I, do you see mm-hmm. that? Do you see that a lot? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't say a lot, but I, I, the examples I, I have been privy to, I'm just like, like it not not attending, like not attending a bridal shower because you woke up late. <laughs> <laughs> I've seen, yeah, I've I, I, no showing for things that is that are important that do mean something. Not like having to go spend, you know, $1,200 on a weekend for a bachelorette party. Like that part I get. I'm sorry I can't attend. I would love to, but I just can't afford it. That's fine. Well, also, I think individuals need to be stronger in their ability to say no when it's just not possible. And aside from all the frou-frou and extras and the lavish trips and all of that, there's still a dress and nine times out of ten professional hair and makeup and gifts and so if you're not in a financial situation to wrangle everybody's support for the couple as your duties are for being the lead in the wedding party, but also the financial contribution from the jump that comes with being in a wedding party, you're, you're better off for everybody, including yourself, if you just politely decline. And if it's a strong enough friendship, the person will understand why. They, exactly. And I think that is a huge mistake a lot of people make. They're asked and they're so ex- like they, they're like, because uh, they feel honored. And it is a very honorable, like, I would like you to be my, you know, my VIP. But it's true. Like, I, I would say like, and and sometimes they get asked, like me, if I were to ask a certain person who I know struggles financially to begin with. I would want to ask and say, hey, just so you know, like you are my top pick for my maid of honor. Uh, You're everything to me. You're my best friend since we were young, blah, 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 blah. And I want to ask you this first, but I would give it out. You know, I would be like, I know that financially it means a lot. So, So you, I will completely understand if you say no, but I wanted you to know, like, you're the first person I thought of, you know? Mm-hmm. I agree. It's just so expensive. It's just a lot. Mm-hmm. Did you ever watch Six in the City? Uh-huh. Do you remember that scene, that episode where Carrie goes to her friend's, um, what is it? They had a baby. They had her friend had a baby, and they went to oh the baby shower, the baby around, shower, yes. <laughs> and you had to take off your shoes when you got to the apartment. And she took off her Manila Blahniks, which to begin with, she's like, uh, ew, but okay. And then when she goes to leave, they're gone. And her friend is like, gee, I'm sorry, that sucks. You know, here, I'll give you a pair of my shoes. And then she ends up saying, I'll pay for them. And she's like, yeah, they were $450. And she's like, 
I can't, who could spend mm-hmm. that much money? And she was blah, blah, blah. And then Carrie added up all the gifts that she had bought for this woman over all of her milestones in life and was like, yeah, uh, you know, I spent thousands on you. It's a lot. I, I don't know where it stems from. I don't believe, I don't believe a wedding triggers that in an individual on its own. I think they've always had a history of it. And there's a lot of things in our industry and culture that almost allows them to have some of that on overdrive and they just take advantage of it. Yeah. They're probably somebody who likes to be wants attention and now is the time when they're they're really going to get the attention and so they really overdo it like they it, almost like they give themselves per, permission to be high maintenance right mm-hmm. i deserve this mm-hmm. this is my day and it is your mm-hmm. day and you do deserve a lot of this love all of this love you know and then I see p- people who are exactly the opposite, who cannot stand to be in the spotlight and can't deal with all the attention, right? And you're like, accept it. These people love you. Like, it's just so interesting. Um, yeah. Well, that was fun. I always have a blast with you. I do too, Sean. I have fun with you. This is fun. I was like, Sean's going to be the perfect person to do these Reddit <laughs> reactions with. I'm happy we got to do, I'm happy I got to be your first one when you do this. Yeah, me too. So I hope to do it again. And I really want to hear uh, you listening, your your thoughts on this, because I think it's super fun. I could do a whole freaking episode on these, seriously, to be honest. Um, all righty. Well, I think that wraps Yawa for January 2024. Here we go. Off with a bang. Boom. It's going to be a good year. It is going to be a good year. And I appreciate you taking the time to do this with me. And of course, you'll be back. I can't wait. Thank you for having me. My pleasure. Thank you, Sean Gray. Bye. Bye. The Big Wedding Planning Podcast is hosted and produced by me, Michelle Martinez. It is edited by Veronica Gruba. Music by Steph Altman of Mophonics. Help us get the word out by rating and reviewing us on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Follow us on Instagram at the Big Wedding Planning Podcast and be sure to use the hashtag PlanThatWedding when posting. Follow on TikTok at Big Wedding Planning Pod. Have a wedding planning question or just want to get in touch? Send an email to hello at the big wedding planning podcast.com or my personal favorite, leave a voicemail at 415 723 1625 and you might hear your voice on a future episode. That is it. Happy planning, everybody. Love you, love the show. Bye.